Hey, look out! It's the Waste and Safety Compliance Podcast, the hope for the hyper-regulated, where we unravel the regulatory mysteries of the legions of acronym-odious agencies who want to keep you perpetually licking their tall leather boots. Our goal is to help business owners and managers like you to overcome the EPA, DOT, and OSHA compliance obstacles through knowledge and understanding, breaking the circle of fear by putting the rules into plain English. The Waste and Safety Compliance Podcast is brought to you by Echelon Environmental. I am your host, Ron Harvey. Hi, it's Ron Harvey with Echelon Environmental and another quick uh, podcast from the field. I guess maybe I'll call them fieldcasts. But this one is uh, for the packaging of poisonous inhalation hazardous materials into special permit boxes. It's just a very interesting aspect of uh, hazardous waste packaging because you only reserve this for like the real nasty stuff, which I happen to like playing with a lot. Anyways, um, enjoy. Take care. Bye. Hey, we're recording. Okay, this is Ron Harvey with Echelon Environmental. We're going to do a quick class here on packaging inhalation hazard materials for shipment and disposal. So, my subject today is this wonderful little container that we found at a laboratory. It is trichloro acetyl chloride and the uh, label here is kind enough to tell us that it is highly toxic nice of them to say so this is a looks like about a 500 mil or 250 mil container now so in order to find out whether it's a hazardous a pardon me a uh, PIH poison inhalation hazard material you go to your hazmat table 172.101 and you look up chloroacetyl chloride, which is, nope, we need trichloroacetyl chloride. I had the wrong stuff here. Let me look that up real quick. Trichloroacetyl chloride. Okay. It's a class eight with a subsidiary hazard 6.1. And it's going to be almost impossible to show here. But in my wonderful book, you'll see right down here, trichloroacetyl chloride in column eight, right over here, you'll see the tiny little number two right about there. That number means that this is an inhalation hazard material, zone B. Um, other inhalation, if the if that column shows you either number one, two, three, or four, and those are going to be the uh, the very first um, item in that list of all sorts of other codes that are there. Um, if it's uh, if the number one is there, it's a zone A inhalation hazard. If the letter B, it's a zone. <clears throat> if the number two is there, it's a zone B. If the letter three, if the number three is there, it's a zone uh, C. If the letter four, <clears throat> boy, I'm having a trouble, little trouble with there. It's been, it's late in the day. I've been packing stuff for a while. Um, anyway, so now what does that mean? That means that you're limited 
in the way you can ship the material. Um, as a waste, you can um, ship, now this material, by the way, is a packing group one material. So it's an inhalation hazard, and therefore, you lose the waste exception um, that is given in 49 CFR 173.12, if I remember correctly, for lab packs. It allows you to put uh, uh, packing group one material into packing group two containers. Well, we're not going to be able to do that this time because this material is a poison inhalation hazard and PIHs are specifically excluded from being considered lab packs and gaining that exception. Okay, a little bit of an explanation there for background. So, one of the easiest ways to deal with all of this is to use, ta-da, a PI, what, what, what we call an SP box. This container here was made specifically for the shipment of poison inhalation hazard materials. I'm going to show you how to package this box. By the way, this item was obtained from uh, uh, Label Master. Um, it is DOT SP9168, if you're interested. Now, they give volumes. This container is only good for 500 mils or less of a PIH. They do make a box that is qualified for uh, one liter or less, um, but this one is just 500 mils. So I'm going to move my dangerous chemical out of the way for a moment and my book and we'll take this thing apart and see what we got. Okay, let's see, there's an inner cardboard support. Inside of all of that is a large can. Now, this can has a bag on the inside of it and this bag has an absorbent material might be kind of hard to see because I can't really pull it out too much but you can see this gray uh, absorbent material which is part of the packing requirements here that there be enough absorbent to uh, to absorb any spilled material that's why the limits on the volume by the way um, so this one came with a bottle already inside we don't need that. Get that out of the way. Okay, so now what we do is we make sure that the, the content inside is pushed in all the way. We take our terribly nasty material. And by the way, this kind of container doesn't have a screw cap or anything on it. This is called an ampule. Um, it's a very slender uh, glass. It, it's a single piece of glass uh, sealed right up at the top here. They melt it. And... Um, you actually open it by breaking off this part here, which is rather delicate, so you want to be careful. So, now, my nasty chemical goes inside this um, container. So, now, I feel like it's pretty secure, but it's just a little bit wobbly around inside there. Um, <laughs> uh, I'll be right back. Okay. I'm back. Okay, so I have some vermiculite. Just a little bit of vermiculite in here to keep that thing from wobbling around too much. That is much more secure. Okay, great. So we now have the, um, the PIH material secured inside this bag. 
the other half of the container or the packing system here is another bag which has all sorts of good stuff in here. Put this aside for the moment. Okay, there are uh, four things in here. There's instructions for how to package the container. There is what's called the special permit. This is the actual special permit issued by DOT, and um, that's an important thing to have. Uh, there's some pieces of tape for various things. Um, these narrow tapes are for uh, securing the lid to the, um, to the bottle if uh, it were the case where you had a screw-on lid. It has to be secured with this tape. We don't have that issue uh, with this particular item. Okay, now, two other closures. There is a zip tie and a little, um, uh, little metal tie of some kind. Okay, great. So now you take your zip tie, kind of wrap this up a little bit, put your zip tie on there. Pull it pretty tight. Done. So now you just kind of tuck all this extra plastic in there. Take the top of the can secure it on there. I'll be right back. <clears throat> I'm back. I brought a hammer. You just want to tap this lid on here because if you really whack it, if you really whack it too hard, you'll actually dent the can. tough, but they're not indestructible. Okay, great. So now that the lid is secured on the can, there's this, uh, um, what do they call this? Some kind of a, a lock, ring lock, lock ring, something like that. You just kind of start on one end and you just push it down until you hear, Ugh. nope, didn't pop. It didn't pop again. doesn't want to fit. Okay, maybe I need to tap that lid down just a little more. There we go. There we go. Whew. <laughs> the, they make these things to be really secure. So, that lid is on there now. Okay, cool. Now, the whole can goes inside of this really heavy-duty bag. The can now gets kind of wrapped a little bit here. The uh, twist tie just kind of secures that in place, and we're almost done. So now, okay, I'm back. So this um, inner sleeve for the box has a couple of uh, little uh, indentations on the bottom here. These need to be out. 
the can drops right inside the sleeve, sits on those indentations, and then on the top here, you need to pop these in so that they secure the top of the the can in place. I think you can see that right there. Okay, cool. Now this entire assembly slides down inside the box. And let's see here. When you're finished, that's what it looks like. The bottle inside the bag, inside the can, inside the bag, inside the sleeve, inside the box. Now, close it up. You will see on top of most of these boxes, you also have some more instructions and some specifications and stuff. Um, always fold these inside so that when you fold the outside, you get to see the this side up uh, label. So, cool. The box is going to seal like that. Now, you want to take the wide strip of tape, which is what, they, what you are required to use. This is a special kind of tape. It's really strong. And if you don't use this kind of tape, you actually invalidate the UN specifications on this box. You don't want to do that. So, kind of squeeze things together. It's always good to have somebody help you with this because it can be a little fussy. You kind of get the side started, squeeze the top together. I, I like to kind of Pull it kind of tight over the top and back down around the other side. Taped box. Okay, cool. So, now, orientation arrows, DOT requirement for liquids. Okay, cool. Now, since this is an SP box, DOT SP9168, okay. All you're required to put on here, proper shipping name and UNID number. You don't need any labels. You don't need any other markings on here at all for this container to properly ship. But since we're shipping hazardous waste, there is a hazardous waste label requirement. So I put that right about here. That looks like a perfectly lovely spot. One has waste label on the box. Now, I do not need to put any other stickers on this drum. This would normally take a Class 8 corrosive liquid sticker and a Class, uh, a poison inhalation hazard sticker, 6.1. But, since this is an SP box, no other stickers are required. The only other thing I'm going to put on here... Okay, last run for this one here. Okay, so the only other thing, I've got my Hazwaste label on here. The only other thing I'm going to do is put myself a little, uh, a little packing slip envelope on here. Uh, the disposal facilities usually require this kind of container to have a packing slip on the outside so they know what's going on. So this material is properly described as UN 2442 Waste Trichloroacetyl Chloride. Uh, class 8, subsidiary had hazard class 6.1, uh, packing group 2, which kind of surprised me. I thought it would be packing group 1. And uh, additional description, of course, required for DOT is toxic inhalation hazard zone B. That is 
the packaging for a poison by inhalation hazard material into an SP box. Pretty simple, once you get the hang of it. If you have any questions, you can give me a call. 843-599-0330 or you can send me an email. The new email address is rharvey at echeloneehs.com. Echelon is spelled E-C-H-E-L-O-N and then E-H-S dot com. Thank you very much. Take care. Happy shipping. Are you feeling overwhelmed by inconceivably complex and constantly changing environmental health and safety responsibilities at your facility? Do you want to feel confident that you're doing this very important job well? Are you working without a net, with no instructors or support that you can turn to as you struggle with questions about the regulations? Can you tell the difference between a PEL and a POS? There is hope, because the EHS Manager's Facility Compliance course is coming to the rescue soon. This in-depth course is unlike any other regulatory compliance training out there. You will get plain English explanations of the EHS obligations that your business faces every day. We will cover the OSHA requirements for workplace safety, the EPA rules for waste and chemical management and the DOT regulations for hazardous material shipping and the Federal Motor Carrier Safety Administration's boundless mandates for CDL drivers. There will be no fluff and no nappy time during this extensive course. You will be handed just the nuts and bolts and tools you need to keep your facility in compliance. Please stay tuned because the EHS Manager's Facility Compliance course is coming to the rescue soon.